Just want to take a moment to introduce myself. My name's John Scribbs. I'm the executive pastor here at the Harbor. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to come back next Sunday uh, if you like good preaching. And uh, our senior pastor is going to be back uh, right now. He's on vacation in Africa. No, I'm just joking. He's uh, ministering to uh, pastors in Africa and uh, just, just a great time. That uh, he, I was able to talk with him yesterday, hearing some amazing reports of what God's doing. Uh, just a funny story, he'll probably tell you again, but I'll share it with you today. Uh, he had gotten there to the country in, uh, in Africa, and the, the guide was showing him this waterfall, and pastor just said, hey, uh, what about snakes? He said, oh, I've been doing this a long time, never seen snakes. Pastor said, I was kind of skeptical, we're in Africa and never seen snakes. So uh, he said, and we're there in just a moment. The guy said, move, 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 move. He said, what is it? He looked up and there was a snake over the top of his head. So uh, that's, uh, that's Pastor's uh, trip in a nutshell. No, he's, uh, he is doing some great things over there. And uh, you want to be back next week, not only to hear him uh, speak, but just to hear some of the stories. I know he's going to be able to share with us about what God's doing. So uh, please be here for that. <clears throat> Also, I want to just give you a disclaimer. Everybody right here in the front three sections, you're now at SeaWorld. You are in the splash zone. <laughs> Y'all stop looking at me like I'm Shamu or something. <laughs> I mean, God. Everybody in the fourth row said, whew. Nah, we're going to have an amazing baptism. I will tell you that uh, this is going to be a refreshing experience. This water is about 70 degrees, so... Uh, uh, it's going to be amazing. We don't believe in heating it for you. We just believe in when you come up, you will have the faith of Jesus Christ in all of his glory. Amen. But today, I've got an opportunity to, to share a message with you, and we are uh, embarking on a brand new series entitled Heart for the Home. Heart for the Home. And uh, in this series, we're going to walk through our homes and deal with some of the challenges that we're facing, and we're going to kind of do it room by room. Because how many of y'all know this? Everything in our society, everything on our jobs, everything in our community all starts in the home. Amen? Everything starts in the home, so what better place for us to do a series than to dive into what is going on in our homes and how God is wanting to, to just use the family unit to change this world. Amen? But today, I want to talk to you about the living room, the living room. Like, why would you start a series talking about the living room? Well, I'm glad you asked today. Uh, you, I want you to understand, as an as a individual that has homes, you understand that everything has to come through the entryway, and most of our entryways are in our living rooms. So we wanted to start there first today. Because the truth is that if we're going to change anything in our home, we've got to first make sure we know what's coming through that front door. Amen? Amen. But just think about this. What, happened, what would happen if your, room, if your walls could talk? Like if, if the living room walls could just give a synopsis of what's going on in your home. Well, how many of you in here, you got a, like a four or five-year-old kid? Go ahead and raise your hand. Listen, we understand. We're praying for you. We're interceding on for, for you. I've got one. Yeah, yeah, I've got one. And uh, so, and, and listen, I know what your living room is. Your living room is a dance floor. And if your living room is not a dance floor, 
then you're blessed. Because, like, Kennedy will show me all kind of moves. I, I, I think she's got to learn it from my mama because she don't learn it from me. And, 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 I mean, like, how many of y'all, the greatest showman? Y'all seen that movie? Do yourself a favor. Have a family night and watch that movie. It's amazing. It's got, listen, if you ain't listening to the soundtrack, your life ain't changed. Because, listen, if you ever ride down the road and somebody's just going for it, they're listening to that soundtrack. And if you check out my Snapchat, it might still be on there. We had like a family affair just going on in the car, just singing to the greatest showman CD. But Kennedy, she does all the dance moves. She, she wants to be in dance, all that. But, but maybe you don't have that. But maybe you can sympathize with this, that our homes have had some of the most architectural sound blanket forts ever seen. How many of you in here, you're a secret blank, blanket fort builder? Go ahead. Come on. Be, be loud. Be proud. Listen, my kids know I'm the greatest fort builder in the whole world. Now, their granddaddy can build houses. I can't, but I can build a mad fort. And, uh, like, we'll, 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 bring out all the, we'll bring out all the stops. One time I had it hanging from the ceiling fan. It was just crazy. Ashley's like, what's going to happen if it falls? I was like, just live in the moment, honey. <laughs> Memories are made one time. And, and so may, maybe, maybe you, you, you don't like, I'm, I'm too cool for forts. But what about this? And I probably shouldn't even share this, but I am. I was in the living room of our worship pastor when there was two teams playing, the Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama Roll Tide. And listen, I'm an Arkansas fan, so it was an amazing day for me. I wasn't really pulling for anybody. I just loved to stir it. So I was there with 10 Bulldog fans, one fan that I wasn't sure what they were, but I was here, and I was just pulling for the underdog, which was Alabama for most of the game. And I can remember sitting there with all these, Alabama, all these Georgia Bulldog fans, and I mean, they were going crazy, and then, and then they get down, and that kick, y'all remember the kick when all Georgia Bulldog fans just, or no, yeah, y'all just like, oh, man, we got a chance. But then came this guy, Brother Richard, named Tua, Tugalova. You didn't know him, but he came out halftime. He came out throwing. And the next thing I know, in one moment, I seen all these Georgia Bulldog fans throwing their hats on the ground, running out. They were so upset because the man sealed the deal for Alabama. And in that moment, in this living room, I seen defeat. And I mean, Adam literally had to change his floors, flooding everywhere, just tears everywhere. Listen, I'm an Arkansas fan. I ain't got no room to talk. We don't even know what a championship is. But we'll get there one day. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. But maybe, maybe, maybe you're like this, man. I remember I had a younger brother. And this was, this was the place where some of the greatest WWE matches ever happened. Do I got any Ric Flair fans in the house? Woo! Nature boy. There we go. I knew I'd get y'all today. Y'all come to church, I'm like, yeah, that's my church now. <laughs> next, next time I'm going to preach, I'm going to get the WWE bell. You listen, I, I would do the Hulk, but I like my shirt too much, so I got to keep my guns down. 
But, uh, but listen, man, we, we used to have some mad matches in the living room. We pushed all the furniture out, and I mean, they had like trampolines. We just had hardwood, man. You know what I'm saying. Or maybe, maybe you can, you, man, Josh, I can't sympathize with dancing. I can't sympathize with fort building. I can't even sympathize with, 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 with this Hulk stuff. I can't do any of that. But what I can sympathize with, and I know every single person in here, you've done this. This has been the greatest scene of the most amazing game of hide-and-go-seek. The remote. <laughs> like, listen, you know it. You know it. This thing will go to the farthest corner. It, it, it's a missionary. It will go to the farthest corner of your couch. <laughs> like, Jesus wants you to go around the world. This thing will go to the farthest corner of your couch. And listen, if you're like me, you got little kids. And that's what I'm going to blame it on. But it's really probably their daddy. But I'll reach down in there, and I'll be like, uh-oh, there was breakfast. I hope, I hope that's Fruity Pebbles. I mean, find a set of keys that you don't went and bought three of them. But then, it's like Lion King. Because listen, some mean person on these new TVs, they won't even let you change the channel. We got a TV, you can't even change the channel on the back of it. So you've got to find this or you're just reading the Bible. <laughs> Maybe Jesus is hiding our remotes. We have come to the... We've come to the end of the, figured it out. But the truth is this. Our living rooms have seen amazing things, but I know this. In my home, our living rooms are the places that I keep the cleanest. And I hope you do too, because listen, you know, there's a difference between friends and friends. You've got those friends that they keep their house so clean, it looks like a museum. Like, you don't even want to take your kids over to their house because you know what's going to happen and, like, your relationship's going to be broken because of what your kid's going to do at their house. And then you've got those other friends. You've been at their house. You're like, we're making memories, bro. We're making memories. It's okay. We're making memories. Well, one time, that friend was coming to the house. Hello. We're just right around the corner. It's like Tasmanian devil. Like, we're running, man. I mean, I'm like, Kennedy, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Like, like, Kennedy's even at work. And like, so where are you supposed to put this stuff? Well, the mastermind genius that God's given me here, I run to the stove. And I pull that oven door open. And I throw all my stuff in there. And I shut the door. And they pull up. And it's like, hey, how you doing? You know, my wife, you know, she's awesome, cleans the house. You know, her husband's great. We got kids that, you know, they, don't, they just want to clean. <laughs> True story. Forgot I put that stuff in there. <laughs> Went to preheat the oven. Was like, what's that smell? What is that smell? The house is on fire! <laughs> Went in there, and the plastic plate has melted all the way through the racks. Yeah, so... Uh, the truth is, that, I mean, that's honest. That ain't one of them preacher stories. Listen, sometimes preachers will tell you stories they ain't even close to being. They're, they're just a story. They ain't even true. But that one's true. 
But listen, I want, to, I want you to understand that in our lives, that, that this place is the front part, and we want to keep this thing clean. And if we're not careful, we go around keeping things clean that on the outside, but the truth is we know that it's not clean at all. And my thing today, I want to come to you and talk to you about the living rooms of our homes and the living rooms of our hearts, the parts that, that we're keeping, we're trying to keep nice and tidy, but the truth is there's some messes that we're hiding. You see, today, if, as I was doing some research for this message, I, I found out that the living room has had many different names throughout history. Some of you are old enough to remember when it was called the parlor. I ain't, I ain't looking, I promise. And then some of you, you know, you were around and then they called it the family room or they called it the front room. And you know, we got the living room now, but in the, there was a time in our history that this room was called the death room. You see, in 1920, influenza and sickness was running rampant throughout our society. And people were dying at a rapid rate. And so these funeral homes would bring the bodies and they would have viewings in the front living rooms of homes. So just think, is if you walk into the front room, all you've seen was Uncle Joe or Aunt Susie or whatever it is was in there. And somehow along the way, there was so much death in our homes that it began to be called the death room. But I got a question for you today. In your home, has the place that you once lived, is the place that you once had family memories turned into a death room? That only dead things are being seen, only dead things are happening, because I want to ask you a question today. What changed it? What changed this? What changed in our heart? What changed in our home? That this place that once be, used to be full of life, has now changed. Maybe it's what you're allowing to come through the front door. Maybe it's some things that you allowed to be brought through the front door that has now changed the dynamic of your family. Maybe, maybe it's addiction. Dad, that you came bringing in, it was just a little bit of social drinking. It's nothing too bad. But now, they're watching you they see how much you're drinking. They know what's going on. You know you shouldn't be doing it. Or maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe you've brought in the, the briefcase of greed. You know, it's okay. I, 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 my kids, I'm doing this for my kids. Just, just a few more dollars. It's, it's just another job. Yeah, honey, I'll have to be away from us for a little while, but I promise it's going to be better. In the end, we're going to be back together. Things are going to, I just got to go right now. Once a living place, now a dead place. Maybe, maybe it's the guilt of a decision that you made long ago. Maybe it's the guilt of an affair and your wife stuck with you, but you keep every day bringing that guilt with you home only to be beat up and only in the enemy to, to wreck your brain and think over and over again, will this be the day that you cheat on her again? What are we bringing through our front door? What, what, 
What bitterness have we held on to? What anger? I mean, listen, man. Is your family walking around on pins and needles because they don't know what's going to set you off? Are they walking around thinking to themselves, is is this going to be the thing that really pushes mom over the top? Is this going to be the thing that's just, you know, we're supposed to go to the beach today. It's supposed to be fun. But I know if this happens, everything's going to change. Because the truth is we have brought things in the front door God never intended us to bring. So maybe you're here today. And maybe this place that once used to be full of life, this place that you used to hang around and, and... do life is now everybody's in their own rooms, watching their own television, on their own phones, and nobody is talking about Jesus in the living room, and nobody's sharing family moments in the living room, and I'm, not, I'm scared of this, my ch- friends. I'm scared of this in the church and in anywhere, that if we do not make an intentionality to get our family back together again, I think that we will lose an entire generation in a society all in the part of the enemy saying, it's okay. It's okay to be divided. Now listen, I, I, I'm not one of these people that, listen, I watch TV, I'm just saying you've got to be intentional with what you're doing with your family. So today, I want you, if you don't mind, we'd love for you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 38, verse 42. But today in the living rooms of our homes and our hearts, I believe that God is calling us to a God-first life. If we're going to change the living room If we're going to change the death room back to a living room, I believe first, we will have to come back to a God-first life. And I would love to share with you three habits today that I believe if you will put into your heart right now, if you'll make a decision right now, I believe God can take that heart that you have for your home and make turn it into a God-first life. So, let's read the passage here. I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Bible. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him to her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord... Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to Martha, and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray over the word today. Father God, we love you and we thank you. God, I pray today that you would take this message, God that these words would not be empty, but they would be full of life. God, that you would fill them. And God, that they would find a logic plate in our heart, God, and that people would not only be challenged, but God, we would be changed by your word today. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today, from the living room of this home that we see in this passage, I believe that Jesus Christ is wanting to show us that the first habit of living a God-first life is this. If you're a note taker, you may want to write this down. Is number one, you have to invite him in. You have to invite him in. 
Well, no duh. I mean, you brought you you wanted me to get up on Sunday morning and come to church just to hear you say that? Yep, I did. You see, the invitation was made by Martha. I want you to understand here today, Jesus Christ is a perfect gentleman. He's not like one of those friends that's just going to show up at your house unexpected. He has to be invited in. Are you welcoming the presence of Jesus Christ into your home? I know it seems simple. It seems real simple. Okay, Josh, I have all these Christian sayings on my wall. I know Jesus Christ. I go to church. But my thing is this. Has he been invited into your home? Or is Jesus still here at the church when you leave on Sunday? Because what I know is this. For the most part of this society, this is the very few times that Jesus Christ is lifted up. Most of the time, we do not take him home with us. And we live week to week trying to sustain ourselves without putting one word, without praying, without seeking God. And because the truth is this, my friend. When Jesus Christ is a part of your home, you will not neglect your time with him. You see, but many times we're like buffet Christians. How many of y'all in here love the lunchbox? Uh, I'm going to see if that'll give me like an endorsement or something. I love it. But you know what? If I leave here today and I go to the lunchbox and I, I eat all, you know, fried pork chops because they're going to be in heaven. And ice cream and peach cobbler and... Like all y'all right now, like, hallelujah. <laughs> We're going to help you out. We'll pray the blessing before you leave so you ain't got to wait on that. But listen, if I go to the lunchbox and I eat all that food and I, and I leave there miserable, it's like coming to church and, man, church was amazing. They sang my favorite worship songs. You know what? I got the front row on the parking space. You know what? The pastor preached the message, just what I needed to hear. And all I do is I leave here and I never open my Bible again. I never pray. I never seek him. It's just like going to the buffet and getting so filled up on, on food. But can I tell you this? Monday hits and I'm hungry again. Monday hits and I'm hungry again. So my question is, has he been invited into your home? I know what you're asking. How do I know this? Well, let me just help you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. First question is this. If you want to know if, he is, if he's been invited into your home, you don't have to do this. But let me see your Netflix and your Hulu account. Let me see what you're watching. Because what I know is this. I can't listen and watch the same filth that the world does and think that my relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be just the same. When he comes in, darkness has to go out. So let me ask you this. What, what words are being spoken when nobody else is around? You see, when, 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 you know, you can say all the right things at all the right times, but your kids know what's being said when nobody else is in the house. And my question to you, have you, have you lifted up the name of Jesus or have you begun to tear some people down? I know. Let me see your computer and your phone. 
phone. I can tell you if he's been invited into your house because we cannot live as the world lives. But something has to change. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. When's the last time that you sat down on that couch and you just opened up the Bible and you began to read and, and pray? You know, one of the things Ashley and I begin to try to do with the girls is every night, no matter how crazy the schedule is, no matter how hectic it is, that we open up the Bible and begin to read passages of them. Because you want to understand, before, before that kid pastor ever teaches my kids anything, I'm their kid's pastor. Before Pastor Blake ever teaches them things in DSM, I'm their pastor. Because it starts in the home, and it starts with me. So when's the last time you just took some time to be together? You see, I don't want my girls to grow up thinking that Jesus is some genie on a bottle that, you know, when life's going bad, we just go over there and we, you know, you rub. Hey, Jesus is not this person that just comes in our life in the worst situations and turns them around. But he's an everyday Savior. He is an everyday Lord of my life. And it comes when we begin to make decisions that says, I want him in my house. But, you know, those are all the things that, that, that if you want to know if he's in your house. But can I tell you the benefit of what happens when he's in your house? Flip on over to John chapter 11. And there's a man named Lazarus that he's dead. He's been tucked away into a, into a, a, a tomb. But he had a sister named Mary and he had a sister named Martha. And, and listen, the scriptures, and I, I'll save you the time, the scripture says that Martha ran out and met Jesus, said, if you was here, my brother would have been saved. And he said, well, where's Mary? She goes and gets Mary. Mary comes back, and I'm going to show you in the passage something that's really awesome in just a moment. But Mary comes running out, and, and, and she falls at Jesus' feet. And she says, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would have been saved. And the scriptures says that Jesus was deeply moved. Why? It might have been the relationship that he had with Lazarus. It may have been. I don't know. But what I do know in Luke is that Mary fell at Jesus' feet and began to submit to what he was saying and what he was doing in this passage. And in John chapter 11, she fell at his feet again. And so I think it's more about the posture that says, you know what? Life ain't about me. And you know what? I'm going to get under what you're saying for me and my family. And I'm going to do what you told me to. Because can I tell you this? Jesus walked to that tomb, rolled that tomb away, rolled that stone away, and told Lazarus, go ahead and get up. So I want to come to tell some of you, when you invite the presence of Jesus Christ into your home and you make him the priority, you might not need him right now. But there's going to come a time and there's going to come a point when you need him to step into some dead situations and begin to turn some things around. So today, if we're going to live a God-first life, we've got to invite him in. The second habit that we're going to have to do today is this, we got to establish proper priorities. We've got to establish proper priorities. Establishing proper priorities allows you to deal with the distractions of life. Because I want you to know they're coming. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. Distractions are coming to your life. So let's, let's look at verse 40 here. 
But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? I mean, I'm just appalled what she says. Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered by so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I want you to understand that this story is focused around two sisters, one that got it right and one that got it wrong. And my question today is, will you get it right? Or will you get it wrong? It's really simple. We establish the right and the proper priorities. You see, the passage begins to allude to us that, that Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus while Martha began to go on about her business, fixing and being the host of the home. What I took away from this today, and I just want to talk to some of you that volunteer and serve in here. What Martha was doing was what I believe everybody in our modern society believes that we should do. Be busy. Prepare. It falls on us. It's my responsibility. I've got to do this. I've got to take care of this. And maybe some of you in here, you come to church and, and you really should be in the sermon hearing what God's got to say, but you, you feel like I've got to be doing this and I've got to be doing that. And I just want to come to tell some of you, you need to be in the presence of God because in a moment, he can change everything. Amen? Amen. But says she was distracted by so many things. The Hebrew word for distraction says to, to pull away or to drag. And my question to you today is this. What is dragging you away from the presence of Jesus Christ? What's dragging you away from the living rooms of your home and of your heart? What is taking you from the place you know you should be? Maybe it's the weight that I've got to provide and I've got to perform. Listen, you're not no little puppet on a stage. You ain't got to perform for people. How many of you, man, you're going to work, leaving your family and your wife behind only to go to a place that in one week they'll change your name tag, they'll put somebody else at your desk, and they'll tell you that, you'll, that, that, that they'll, they'll change it. Don't get me wrong. I understand we've got to provide. I understand that we, 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 we've got we've to make money. I understand that. But has it become your God? Have you given up things that you know you should have never gave up to get things that you never needed? Maybe, maybe, maybe it, it's the overtime. You know what I found out about the overtime? Overtime, it'll pull you away. Because it always starts like this. It's just a little bit today, Ashley. If I work over just a little bit today, we can pay off that bill and we can take care of that. Only to find out it's just a hamster wheel that we get on and it gets a little faster. And it gets a little faster. And you know what? Then you begin to justify. Okay, I'm working hard. Well, I need to spend some money. And then you spend some more money, and then you're back in that same thing. All the time, your wife and your children are suffering while you are punching the time clock, making the American dream happen. But the last time I checked, sometime the American dream is not God's dream for your life, and you need to reevaluate. 
When I was in study this week, God spoke to me and he said this, tell the people, stop measuring your worth by how busy you are. Stop measuring your worth by how busy you are. You can be busy doing all the wrong things and miss out on the one thing that matters. Maybe today your heart's filled with anxiety and stress. Maybe Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious, but in anything do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Stop worrying about it. You're keeping yourself up trying to, make, trying to find out answers to problems that you can't. Stop calling your friends and pray about it. Get your family together. Listen, I'm not saying tell your children everything, but how devastating would it be for your children to be raised in a home where they never got to see you pray through a situation in your life, where they never got to see you rely on faith, and they go through life just thinking this stuff happens. But it is something when we take our family and we say, you know what, kids? You know what? We just really need God to show up in this situation. We're going to pray, and we're going to believe. And you know what? It starts right in the midst of those situations that our heart for our home is tied together with what God wants to do. As I'm getting close to wrapping this message up, I want to know in here today, will somebody fight for their family? Is anybody, I want to know, will you fight for your family? Will you fight for your family or will you allow the enemy to take your kids out the front door, take your marriage out the front door, take your finances out the front door, all while you sit back being distracted by things that do not matter? Or is there somebody in here today that maybe this message was meant just for you? Maybe, maybe you just been cohabitating in a home, not really living, not really doing what God's called you to. But can I tell you this message, this, this scripture flips on top of its head. It talks about a lot of bad things and then right there as you get to the end, it just flips upside down. And it says this, the passage says that Mary chose the one thing. Not everything else. She chose the one thing. It says the good thing that cannot be taken from her. I've read that passage many times, but I missed out on the part that it cannot be taken from her. Listen, we will work our entire life. We will try to live in the nicest house, drive the nicest cars, put the nicest clothes on our kids, and, and, and be the best that we can be. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as God is the center of everything you're doing. But the truth is this, many of us, and I said us, will work ourselves to death to provide for things that will be taken away from us. They will be taken away. They don't matter. But what matters is what I do today, is bringing my family into the house of God today. What matters is getting my family together around a, around a table and, and beginning to open a Bible and beginning to pray. And I want to give you something here today. If you don't get anything else, get this. If you want the heartbeat of God in your family, love God, love your spouse, love your kids. Love God, love your spouse, love your kids. Love God, love your spouse. Love your kids and do it in that order. Listen, I don't like saying this because they mean the world to me. But my love is for her first. 
And when you get that love right, that love between you and your children and every other relationship will work. Because when you get it right with God, you'll get it right with her. And when you get it right with her, you'll get it right with everybody else. Yeah, give, give, give him a hand clap. As I wrap this sermon up, I want you to understand this. Stop chasing things. God is not blessed. Don't, 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 don't go through life just trying to figure out answers to, to problems. Just go to God. Today, as I wrap this up, I want to share with you just one last point. I want you to watch this video clip, and we're going to close the service out. As you stand in here today, 
the last habit that you need in your life if you're going to live a God first life is this you got to act now it can't be next week it can't be next month it can't be when you get some time off because the truth is you're not like Adam Sandler you ain't got a remote you can't turn back time you can't change things that already happened and I'm so fearful that many of you are going to hear this message today and it has pricked your heart I've seen the tears flowing down your face I understand I know that that place used to be somewhere that you love to be, but now it is broken and there are answers, there's questions that you, got, you don't have no answers to. But you know what? It starts with you. I'm going to invite him in. I know, I know I should have done this a long time ago, but he's going to be the Lord of my house. As Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what my friends do. I don't care what my, what my co-workers do. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it starts today. My friend, don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your hour of visitation. I think that to me in this passage was one of the things that broke my heart. That Martha missed her time of visitation. Because the truth was Jesus was going to the cross. And a meal was okay. But listening to what he had to say was so much more important. And I think for you right now. Many of you under the sound of my voice right now, you know God is calling your heart. He's pricking you. He's saying, you know what? You need to get your home back. You need to get your home back. You've let some things come through the front door that he never intended. You've been chasing things that he is never a part of. You've been doing things that he never called you to do. But today is the day that I'm going to say, right now, the habit I'm going to do is I'm going to make it now. I'm going to make it now, Pastor Josh. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. But if you're serious about this, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, how many of you in here today would say, Pastor Josh, I need to get my, I need to get a, need to get a heart from my home again. I let some things go. Things that I didn't intend, but they happened. But I promise you this, today it's going to change. I'm going to have a devotion in my home. We're going to meet again. Life's going to we're going to have life again in the living room. It ain't going to be a dead place that nobody visits. If you're here today, you say it starts with me. And the time's now. I'm going to deal with these distractions right now. If you just raise your hand and step out of your seat and move this way. As I count to three, I'm going to ask you to move out of your seat and come. And we've got prayer warriors that are going to pray with you. We've got an altar team that's going to stand behind you. Because you know what? Many of us have been in the same situation, in the same place. And we've made mistakes along the way. But if you're here today, come on. One, two, three. Make the decision now. Make it now. Don't wait the next week.